That's the reason why Jesus Christ could function with so, so much confidence. When you look at his situation, it makes no sense. He's in his underwear dying on a cross. What confidence you need to have in the God to let you have that? Has God let you go through that and you still believe in him? Oh yes, I believe in my daddy. I must be about my father's business. The only time he cried out is when his daddy said, turned his back on him. Oh father! Don't do that! Don't do that! But then he remembered on the third day, I wouldn't have to worry about him leaving me no more. Forever and forever and forever, I will be with him. Folks, the only way to experience the confidence of God is to intentionally do what he says, no matter what it costs. That's why sometimes when you choose to walk with God, he seems to be picky. He's just trying to make you better. He's not trying to bring you down. He's trying to build you up. And he sees the potential. That's, what, that's what's happening here with Moses. Moses could have accepted what the world had. Great education. A general in the military. Had all the luxuries that was available to him in, in, in Egypt, in Pharaoh's house. He could have all that is available. He could command people. He was like the, a person who was next in line. He could have gotten all of that. But he says, I reject it. I come to decision in my life when I now could understand what my mama's talking about, when I'm now grown enough to see what's going on, and I said, that's not the life for me. It's a decision. Nowhere here, it said, and Moses liked it. No, the next verse is going to say, he had to accept that this is going to be rough. It was terrible. When I describe it for you, Moses chose, went from luxury and pleasures to horrible 40 years. And he understood what it looked like when he made the choice. Because he was following faith. Watch this carefully. You know, I get people and people tripping. People say stuff. I say, man, y'all tripping. You ever seen heaven? You ever seen a description of heaven? And Jesus came down here and lived as a carpenter's son? You ever see the contrast? Go read places like Revelation that describes heaven. Go talk, let him talk to you about heaven. And then look at his life on earth and see the decision he made for you. So it's not like he's asking you to do something he didn't himself do for you. So how in the world could you sit back and say, man, I got to throw away all this stuff because of Jesus? Jesus threw away anything because of you. That's why he says this. Watch his, watch his words. He, he says, I reject being called Pharaoh's son. That don't make no sense. No sense. I reject it. It's a willful decision based on his deep convictions. And he's going, what I like about this, he says, and I chose, I refused, rejected, to be called the son of Pharaoh. Well, what he's literally saying here is, I'm going to verbalize and keep reminding myself that I am not going to be in that palace anymore. I got to keep telling myself this because if I don't keep telling myself this, guess what I'm going to do? Go right back. See, I understand Moses is going east. Where is west? And he's the driver. And he's saying, hey, I don't, I'm going to verbalize that I don't care to be your son. Because if I don't keep saying that, with all that luxury, 
I'm going back. That's why sometimes the Bible says in, in Romans chapter 12, present your body as a living sacrifice. In Greek it means every day, every moment, keep saying to God, forgive me, Lord. Keep saying to God, help me, Lord. Keep saying to God, change me, Lord. Keep saying to God, God, you know what I'm thinking about. I know I'm not supposed to be thinking about it. So God, I come to you and I'm asking you to take it out of my mind so I go this way. It's a constant thing every day. That's what he's saying. I have to keep telling myself over and over again, you're crazy, man. No, 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 no. I'm doing what God tells me to do. I got to keep doing what God tells me to do. He's doing it over and over and over and over again so that his confidence level could be built up. It's like guys going to play football and they're screaming and hollering before the game. Ah, just jumping up and down. We're going to kill them. We're going to be together. We're brothers forever. All this other stuff. They're pumping themselves up to go play. And they're saying it over and over again. And during the game, high five. Yeah. They got to keep pumping themselves because the game is crazy. When you think of football, it's crazy. Seeing guys throw their bodies at each other. He says, that's what it takes for faith to not just be confirmed, but to constantly, it's constantly required for confidence to remain. Constantly required. Because thoughts will hit your mind. And that's why this kind of faith shapes you. That's why when the minute you decide to do that, the very next verse tells you the next thing it's required for confidence. You have to accept that your life has changed and it's now requiring endurance. It's requiring endurance. In chapter 10, that's exactly what they were lacking. Look at verse 36. For you have need of in what? Endurance. You're throwing away your faith because you're not willing to bear up under what this new life brings you. You're not willing, when this new life comes and hits you in the face, and you're really into it now, because you're determined, no, I ain't doing that, man. No, I'm not going back to that. That's wrong. I know what the Bible says. I'm going to keep going in this direction. Oh, no, 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 no. This person did this to me at the job. Nope, not going to be cussing no more. I need to stop doing that. So, Lord, help my mouth, help my tongue. God, you know what I'm thinking. I'm doing a lot of things in my head that is sinful. Forgive me, God. I'm going in this direction. Oh, man. I shouldn't be looking on that. Okay, God, this is wrong. I'm clicking and turning this TV to something else. It's a constant thing of presenting, 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 presenting. And he says, but it brings a whole new life when you do that. And if I'm not committed to this new life, my confidence is thrown away. This is, watch this carefully here. Watch this, it's a whole new life. You've decided for a whole new life. He says it right here. It's in verse 25, he says, choosing. Don't forget, it's a choice. In the Greek text, let me just do a little Greeky here for just a second. In the Greek text, it means this is the subject of this verse. And this subject must dominate what you do the rest of the time with this verse. So you can't go down this verse without recognizing this is a choice. It's not a feeling. It's not how somebody convinced me. It's not having a great day. It's not how wonderful things seem. It is a choice that I'm going to make. And I'm going to stick with that choice. And that choice must be the a constant focus of my mindset. Constant focus of my mindset. That's why he's saying it's a choice. It's a choice you have to keep making because we are still human when faith is in us. It doesn't stop us from being human. 
So there's always a choice. And that choice must be the subject matter of our minds. God, now that I have your word, not and I know me, I got to keep making a choice. And that choice is what gives me confidence. That's why it's the subject of this verse. In verse 25, it says, choosing rather to endure ill treatment. Ill treatment. It may take you back into a marriage you don't want to be in. It may take you back into a job you don't want to be in. It may take you back into an office environment that is hostile like in the days of Daniel. It may take you back into a family that's baby. It may take you back into a situation where you around your friends that drink and you're trying to stop drinking. It may take you back into a place that you don't want to be in. But is the choice make you drive you back by because the word of God does it then the Bible is saying you have to accept ill treatment and that's why it requires endurance when God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son ill treatment ill treatment ill treatment ill treatment ill treatment ill treatment all the way to the cross ill treatment but it brought the will of God it exposed it Moses left wealth and riches to go live in Midian. You ever studied Midian? He left running a nation to take care of sheep. Sheep! Guess how long it lasts? 40 years. So sometimes you're back in the situation and God changes nothing. And God is saying you can't get out. This is the job. You got too many bills, Gomi G. You know you can't go find another job right now. You need that health insurance with a health issue I let be in your life. So since you have this health issue, you can't go changing insurances. You're stuck like Chuck. You got to come to this job and listen to these people and smile at your boss that you know is unfair and deal with all of that stuff because, and then I'm going to tell you what to do in it. I'm going to tell you to love your enemies. I'm going to tell you to pray for those who despitefully use you. I'm going to literally make you so vulnerable on this job or in this marriage. I'm going to tell you to love. Like Hosea, love your wife while she was a prostitute. Love her. God may tell you all these verses that you now chose, that you're going to willfully choose to go do over and over again. You're going to choose to go do it. But the more you keep choosing verses, the more I seem to put you in mess. That's why it requires confidence that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly all you can ever access or think because it requires it simply because the verses may put you into deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper situations just because God is saying do that. Daniel, lines then, vulnerable, fought for him. Go back, Joseph, vulnerable, 12 years, 12 years in jail for something he didn't even do, fought for him. Because when the word of God takes you to places you don't want to go, God will bring you out of places to take you to places you would have never gone. Because he makes you what you have the potential to be. Understand that, folks. Faith will drive you to endurance, to bear up under it. To bear up under it. <laughs> a story was told of a soldier who, he was wounded pretty bad. And he looked at his buddies and he said, if y'all keep carrying me, we're going to all die. 
There's just way too many bullets flying. I know y'all love me, but you got to leave me here. So the man, the man is left there. They, they have to go back into the war and, and go back into the, the platoon to, to get the mission done. So they left him there just bleeding. A, a, a lieutenant came by and goes, hey man, why did they just left you here? He said, I told them to. Sir, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. No, 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 don't do anything. I'm bleeding too fast. Just, no, 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 no. Look in my back pocket, because I can't move now. I'm losing my motion. Look in my back pocket. You're going to see a New Testament Bible. He said, just keep reading that to me, and I'm good to go. You see, even though he knew he had a fatal shot, he knew where he was going. So even in death, he was confident. He said, man, my buddies in this platoon, they're not safe. I don't want them to die. I could die, but not they die. He made a choice. See, he's working out verse 1 of chapter 11 here. Watch how it works out as hope for Moses. The Bible is saying what helps your endurance is your hope. That's, that's what Moses has here. He says, rather than endure, endure endurance, rather than the passing pleasures, verse 26, considering the reproach of Christ, greater what? Riches. What is he giving up? Pleasures. What is he looking for? Riches. Riches. He's saying, man, when we get to heaven, oh man, let me, let me stay down here for a minute because heaven, I don't know why we kill ourselves over earth. It's like going to an airport and getting excited about the airport, not the flight. So you're at the airport eating, relaxing, watching television, but never catching a flight. After a while, the airport becomes ridiculously boring. And that's why some of our lives are. Because we are focused on the airport. God is focused on the flight. <laughs> so, and we get bored to death just taking care of the airport. I got something to eat. So we go to another place. Oh, I got to change where I go to eat because I'm sick of eating fish. I need to get some meat. So we go to another place at the airport. No, we, we, we go, oh, no, I need my own bathroom. So we go to a club at the airport. After a while, we get bored because all we're doing is the airport. And God is going, no, I only put you in the airport for a flight. You got to keep thinking of the Bahamas. You know, like kids in the backseat of a car. Are we there yet? Think like that. You, we sell to the kids. We are going. I'll never forget that. We're going to Corpus Christi and there's a beautiful beach and all this other stuff. We sold it to them. But Corpus Christi is five hours from Houston. After 30 minutes, are we there yet? I said, I'm still selling it. Oh, don't worry about it. It's a long trip, but don't worry about it. It's gonna, we're going to go to the beach. We're going to stay as long as we want. We got the tubes. We got all this other stuff. We're going to have a great time. 30 minutes later, are we there yet? What made them endure that back seat when I started realizing it? In the back seat, when you're a little kid, you only see the back of the seat. That's why they fight over the windows like, get me out of jail. I didn't realize it until my wife told me. Do you know what a back seat is like for a kid? All they see is the backseat is why they fight over the, the, the window because they want to see something. Like, like I'm in jail for a long time. But the hope of being on the beach. So I arranged it so that when we arrived, we could go straight to the beach to the hotel later. And they bust out the car like I locked them up for five hours. They bust out. And they, kids on water, oh my gosh. Hey, it's time to go in. Look at your fingers. They're all swizzled up. That's okay. I wanted to lie to them and say, you're going to die. That's why it's swizzling up. But I couldn't do it. 
We got to go get something to eat. Not until they were starving. And then when they finished eating, guess what they wanted to do? At night, back to the water. The reason why they kept functioning like that is why. In spite of enduring five hours in a back seat, because their father says, use the restroom before we leave. Guess what? Hope. That's what Moses is saying. I'm out here for 40 years taking care of these people's sheep. When I had people serving me and bringing some lamb chops to me when I asked them. And I'm out here in Midian. And Midian is a lot of black people. So Moses is around, it's, it's a place of dark-skinned people. Moses is here, and, and that's why Moses ended up marrying uh, Katoria. She, she was an, uh, a dark-skinned woman. because he, he was at 40 years right there. So he's there, and he's taking care of sheep. It's not the pleasures he's accustomed to, the servants he's accustomed to. He don't take off, have somebody taking off his armor, parking his horse, taking care of his chariot, putting it back together. None of that stuff. He's out in, you know what's like to take care of sheep? You're out in the, in the wilderness, going from grass place to grass place to grass place to grass place to grass place. That's where he's going. Over and over and over again. That's why they didn't like shepherds. They stunk. They didn't take baths for days. And then they used their clothes to, take care of the sheep's nose and take stuff off the sheep. So by the time they come in, they stink. That's why when you see Joseph brothers with the Egyptians, they're in one side of the room, Joseph is in another side, and the Egyptians couldn't stand them. They're in a whole other side. Moses was like that, coming from a place where people gave him baths. A place where he was served. And he's out there for 40 years. Now Moses says, when I'm out there, I keep thinking. Jesus is going to come back. I ain't going to be here forever. I'm not going to stay here forever. That's what he's thinking the whole time. He says, I'm looking for the reward. I'm looking for it. My mama told me about it. I believe it. I'm looking for it. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, without faith it's impossible to please God. You could, you could read the Bible, but you don't act on it. You're not pleasing God. He's finding no pleasure in you. He says, for he, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, must make a choice for that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. He rewards. Moses is saying, I am seeking the reward. I know one day I'm going to be, Israel is going to be victorious. We're going to be a nation that's going to rise up and see the Messiah. And we're going to be great one day. I know what the scriptures are teaching. The oral traditions are teaching. I know all of these things. I believe it. I trust it. I'm hoping in it. So I'm looking for my reward. And because I'm looking for my reward and he's not a liar, you look at chapter 6 verse 18 in Hebrews. It says, God is, cannot lie. He says, so that my unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. So I know God can't lie. So I know what he's saying is true. Since I know what he's saying is true, I don't care what I'm going through. I'm looking for the reward. I am looking for the Olympics and a gold medal. So if I got to stretch, if I got to run, if I got to do all these things, I'll endure all those things because I expect a gold medal. That's what keeps my, my, my faith going. That's why faith is a substance of what I hope for. I'm looking for Christ. Folks, do you realize when we get to heaven, it's all about what we did on earth? 
There's no purgatory. There's no purgatory. If you come to Bible study and study Revelation, we'll tell you about those rewards. You would have a crown of life for those who choose to endure ill treatment for the work of God. He says, because you chose to keep going to that same crazy job, stay in your marriage and do what I tell you to do and keep loving on your husband, loving on your wife, where you don't feel like it and you keep doing it. Because you went to that job, no matter what's going through, and you did what you were supposed to do, I saw that, so I'm going to give you a crown of life. And because you're an overcomer, you're going to share the throne with me. Because you choose to live righteous throughout all of it, I will give you a crown of righteousness. I put on a white gown. That's why he says in heaven, it will be very, very obvious who walked with God and who didn't. There's no hiding of it. Can't go in a corner. It is obvious. Oh, folks, when you take that away, He's just stuck in the airport, wondering, why am I here? Why am I doing here? Been in this marriage forever. Same person, doing the same stuff. Get up in the morning going, oh gosh, she's still alive. <laughs> oh Jesus, help me Lord. Oh Lord, is he breathing? Finger by the nose, yep, he's living. Go to the job. Same wicked people showing up. God, when you, you, you tell me you, the wicked will wither away, when they going to wither? They ain't withering. They're growing strong up in here. Lord, you say if you give, I'll be blessed. I'm still struggling financially. I'm barely making it, Lord. I, I would love to get me a new car. I love to put on some new shoes. Especially when I went to my friend's house and she don't even go to church and she got 50 of them. How fair is that, God? She got weave upon weave and I could barely get one out of Walmart. Look at her kids, God, and she living this life. Got all these men doing all this stuff. Look at her life. She got a color for every nail. Ring on every finger. And I'm hoping for the day of God. God is saying, you throw away your confidence. If in your faith, you're not accepting endurance and you turn off the light, that it's not in the end of the tunnel, it's all the way through the tunnel. If you walk in the light as he's in the light, you would have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse you from all sins. Moses walked around for 40 years looking for the redemption of Israel. He was looking. That's why Moses killed <laughs> the Egyptian. Moses thought this is the time. Moses didn't leave because he was afraid. The Bible said, oh yeah, you go back to Exodus. He left because he was afraid. No, no. Moses, when you take the word afraid and put it in this context... Moses was not afraid of what was ahead of him. And therefore he wasn't afraid what the king could do to him. Because Moses believed that he is the deliverer. That's why he killed him. You see, many of you would be afraid. Man, if I keep doing this in this marriage, this person can take advantage of me. I'm doing all this stuff. The Bible says, no, you sanctify your home and sanctify your kids. 1 Corinthians 7. 
You keep trying to do the thing, you mess up your kids and you mess up your marriage. And you are messed up because you choose not to endure when you knew the scriptures say. Yeah, you got this man or this woman because you're following your pleasures. He says, what does that lead to? Sexual diseases. Now you got to disclose that to somebody you really fall in love with and want to get married to. And you got to tell them and they may leave. On hearing that, then what? See, because I didn't accept what, in, what loneliness may mean once I decide to walk with God. You have to give up the pleasures of this life many times for the call of God. And when you do that, you keep your hope alive that, God, I wouldn't have this feeling one day. And, Lord, you will help me to live the way you want me to live and you will bless me. Who would have think that Moses, who would have think that Moses would come back from Midian as a shepherd and, but, and be able to lead people? Who would think? But because his confidence proved to be true, when he talked about a stick over the Red Sea, he would raise it. Think of how nonsensible that is. A stick over the Red Sea with two million people fussing at you at the same time, and you still put it there. Why? His confidence was firm. Abraham, go kill your son. Man, my wife was 75 when she had this boy. I'll go kill him. His confidence was strong. Joshua, put your foot in the water for the Jordan opens up. Yes, Lord. Because his confidence was strong. Walk around a wall and blow a trumpet. Really? Really? Blow a trumpet with these valiant warriors behind there? Really, God? Now, how many times, God? His confidence was sure. <laughs> the best person is Jesus. I'm going to die on the cross. Because on the third day, my daddy told me, I'll raise from the dead. You can stab me, beat me, put nails in my hands, crumb of thorns on my head, bust up my back, do what you want to do. You can't kill the person inside. Because my daddy said I'm getting up on the third day, I look forward to the day I'm with my daddy. And that's why on the cross, he could say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I'll see you in paradise, because that's where we going, because my daddy told me so. <laughs> that's the reason why Jesus Christ could function with so, so much confidence. When you look at his situation, it makes no sense. He's in his underwear, dying on a cross. What confidence you need to have in the God to let you have that? Has God let you go through that and you still believe in him? Oh yes, I believe in my daddy. I must be about my father's business. The only time he cried out is when his daddy said, turned his back on him. Oh father, don't do that. Don't do that. But then he remembered on the third day, I wouldn't have to worry about him leaving me no more. Forever and forever and forever, I will be with him. Folks, the only way to experience the confidence of God is to intentionally do what he says, no matter what it costs. You know, there was a gentleman that came to 
work on my house. He, my dryer broke and he came to work on my house and it was nice when he was going out the door and he says, you know, you don't know this, but your ministry on television changed my life. It is nice to, when we go to Africa, to see pastors just come and they are so engaged in what they're learning. It just empowers us that travel there. It's good to go to the Caribbean and see the difference that God has blessed us to be able to make as we contribute for God's glory to the many different things that are taking place. So folks, I pray that you will support this ministry. It goes towards ministry. And I pray that when you do so, you would see the impact that it's making on the lives of people. Look forward to your support. We need it. Thank you.